Geekish Cast, episode 92, The Killing Joke. Presented to you by Things from Another World. Go to geekishcast.com slash TFAW to check them out. Welcome back to Geekish Cast. This is episode 92. I'm your host, Jeremy, and as usual, I am joined by Paul Vieira. How are you, Paul? I'm very well. How are you, Jeremy? I am doing pretty good. Actually, this week kind of sucked. We lost Jerry Doyle from Babylon 5. That sucks. Yeah. Um, so that's like the fourth or fifth main cast member from Babylon 5 to pass away. Uh, and he wasn't very old. He was just like 60. And by the time you get to my age, 60 is not very old. Yes. <laughs> you know? So that was a little bit of a bummer. Um, yeah. Okay, so we are going to talk about a very specific topic tonight. Yes. <laughs> and that is the fact that The Killing Joke just hit DC Video, uh, well, DC Video, basically. And it's got some negative to mixed reaction. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm on, I don't think I'm on the negative side, but I'm definitely on the mixed reaction yeah. with it. Well, so, I mean, to jump right into it, um, it's called The Killing Joke. You expect to get The Killing Joke, but the first half of it is not The Killing Joke. It is a made-up-for-this-story storyline that I don't know that needed to be there. Um, but, Paul, what what do people not like about it? Well, uh, spoiler alert, but uh, <laughs> I think... Oh, this whole thing's a spoiler. Yeah. Um, Batman and uh, Barbara Gordon, Batgirl, have sex. Yeah. And it's, uh, I mean, I was, I don't know what to feel. It's just weird. You know, like, it's just weird to me. Like, it seemed very out of place. I think the whole first 30 minutes didn't really do anything to add to that girl's character. Then She reminded me of, like, my little sister when she first started dating, and she was, like, obsessed with relationships and had weird emotions because she was in a relationship. It was just kind of weird. Yeah, I'm not going to go that far. I mean, now, granted, I'm a man, so me commenting on a a female character in in a romantic aspect may be out of place. So, you know, please correct me if I'm wrong, anybody who's listening. But, um, you know, there's a thing now with relationships where people meet on the Internet, they go out once or twice, they sleep together, and then somebody gets ghosted, where basically your calls go nowhere, your emails go nowhere, nothing ever happens. Um, Bruce Wayne seems like the type of dude who would ghost somebody. Yeah, you know I mean, he and, totally did. I mean, I just, yeah. she's just sitting and, there, like, looking, staring at her communicator, waiting for yeah. that. And, and after a little while of him not getting back to her, she fucking dropped off all her bat shit and said goodbye. Um, so I didn't see her as somebody that was overpining or anything. She was somebody who was infatuated, and then something happened, and it went nowhere. It just, it, I think it happens, you know. It's over-dramatized because it's a Batman story. Yeah, it's just weird that she quits because they have sex and he didn't call her back. Well, <laughs> he 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 fired her because they had sex, too, by by he, way of not answering the phone. or He, he took her off the case. He didn't say you can't be Batgirl anymore. She decided not to be Batgirl anymore. Yeah, but he he sort of de facto took away her Batgirliness. After he had sex with her. 
Yeah. Which is kind of a dick move. Well, yeah, but also that wasn't like a that wasn't a planned sexual encounter. No, it did it did seem like uh, it ended because he he has emotions. He's starting to develop emotions, and he can't have that in his yeah. life and be Batman at the same time. You can't go Batman around and then you know like oh God, I hope Barbara calls. Yeah. So, but but the real thing here is what most people I think are upset by is in comic book tradition, Barbara Gordon has a relationship with a member of the Bat family. Yes. My favorite member of the Bat family, Dick Grayson. Yeah, Batmite. <laughs> no, not Batmite. I would read the hell out of that comic book. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully it would be an all-triple-X comic. You know? yeah, that. But, but to, traditionally, when she's been shown a relationship with somebody, it's with uh, Dick Grayson. Yeah, that ring. Absolutely. Yeah. But I'm going to kind of go off the the belief that maybe in the universe version of this movie we're seeing, Dick Grayson might have been the Robin who was killed by the Joker, and Batgirl is more of a replacement and not a contemporary. Yeah, I mean, you could we could only speculate on, you know, how many Robins has there been in the movie version. I mean, in in the Killing Joke, the the book, um, there's a photo on Bruce Wayne's desk that shows the Bat family, and there's a Robin there. Yes. And Batgirl in her old costume sitting next to him, but we don't know what Robin that is. Right. Well, and in this, too, I, there's a shot of the back computer, and there, when he's looking at pictures of yeah. the Joker, which, by the way, lots oh, yeah. of nice callbacks yes. to uh, covers and everything in there. There's a picture. Uh, there, of, yeah. There, there is a picture of a Robin a, on there. A beat-up dead Robin. <laughs> yeah. And so we know that there has been a Robin yeah. at some point. Um, and this definitely has an older Commissioner Gordon. This was not a Commissioner Gordon who became Batman. This was an old man towards the end of his career. Yeah. So his daughter could very easily be in her 20s. Well, it's his adopted daughter, isn't it? You know what? I've never been real clear. Because my wife has asked me about this yeah. last night. She goes, Barbara, well, wait, Barbara Gordon is not Jim Gordon's real daughter. It is not? Absolutely not. At one point, it was his niece. Niece. It, it, it's his but, niece, and he adopted her. But I think this is pre-crisis. Yeah, you see, I think it's even more convoluted than yeah, that. Because I think really it's his weird. daughter. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, then my wife's going, oh, wait, was his wife Barbara or is it his daughter? And I'm like, well, this isn't Gotham, so that shit don't <laughs> that, count. That absolutely does not count. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that relationship is a little bit swampy in there. Um, but now the second half of the movie is basically the book. The book, which is, I mean, the yeah. second half is great. Yeah. And so... For me, the the bad girl stuff didn't kill it. No, it was just like it took me a while. Like I don't know how long, how many minutes. I was just like, "What the?" Heck? I think I had to pause it <laughs> and get my mind right because I was just. I mean, it's so creepy because I was just like, "Did did Batman just bang his son's girlfriend?" Like that's what I thought. Like that was my initial reaction, and it's just it's about as creepy as it can be. That that look, I'd be scummy as fuck. But I really don't believe that a she was that young in that movie. Supposed to be that young in that version of the movie. Yeah, I don't think that she was Dick Grayson's girlfriend, and I don't know for sure which Robin that was. But I'm assuming there was only one Robin, and he was killed by the Joker. Yeah, because, you know they don't. That's possible. Yeah, they, no, but they, they don't, don't say explain, any names. Yeah, they don't explain any of that. So all I know is what I know to be real in my heart. <laughs> you know? Right. Well, but, but that's, that's how, that's how fan, what do you call it? Headcanon. Yeah. Headcanon. Yeah. Yeah. That's how headcanon works. If you, if to you, that's Robin Dick Grayson's girlfriend, 
There's no getting around it. Yeah. Batman just boned down on Dick Grayson's girlfriend. But, I mean, it's not like the first time it's ever happened. Because in Batman Beyond... Right, there was, he, there was talk in there. He knocks, there he, knocks her, he knocks her up and the baby dies. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, she gets pregnant by, by Bruce Wayne. Yeah, and here's the thing. Bruce Wayne an is an old rich guy, an old rich white guy. He's used to marrying young girls. Yeah. That's, that's what's expected of him. He's supposed to do that, right? That's just part of their job. Now, the the sex scene in here, I believe, has been used twice in the comics with different characters. Uh, didn't Frank Miller do a very similar sex scene with Black Canary in Batman? Oh, I don't know. Did he? Yeah. In All-Star Batman and Robin, that terrible, terrible version of the story. That, that was, that was Catwoman. Was that Catwoman? Yeah. I thought it was Black Canary. It was, it was Catwoman. Catwoman was in, was in the regular universe. Yep. That was at the start of the New 52. She was an All-Star, too. I'm gonna have to. Yeah, but check it out. I think he, I think he laid the bat pipe down on uh, Black Canary in that one. I never knew he had that with Black Canary. Yeah, so that's why Ollie's all pissed. At <laughs> They're they could not be more polar opposites. No, they really can't, and they really are supposed to be. Because that's always kind of the joke with Oliver Queen is that he's really just a stand-in for Batman. Yeah, you use him. You use him on Smallville because you can't get the rights to Batman. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Super irritating. Yep, but that's that's the way it works. Um, yeah. So overall, I thought the Killing Joke was really good. Well, I mean, yeah, it, that that's one of the greatest Batman stories like of all time. Yep. And just so, to hear Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill again, right? Was just. I mean, Mark Hamill's Joker is the best. Oh yeah, and Kevin Conroy sounds like, or Batman sounds like Kevin Conroy. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, what, how are you going to get around that one? Um, the art style threw me a little bit. Well, I know it was very much based on the original book. Yeah, who, who drew that? But it was Bolin. Yeah, Brian Bolin. Okay, it looked very much like that, but at the same time, it also looked like an anime. It did, but I thought there was a little bit of a Bruce Tim in there. As well. There was a little bit. You could see, especially when they pulled back on characters, the body shapes very often were a little more Bruce, a little more Bruce Tannen shape and style. Yeah, especially the first thirty minutes, like the bad guys and stuff. I thought it, it reminded me of Bruce Tannen a lot. Yeah, there were de- there were definitely shots in there where I looked at it and thought, "Oh, that looks like a Bruce Tannen drawing." Yeah, but there was a great shot in there um, after, you know, the Joker goes through, falls into the pit. With chemicals mm-hmm. and gets dumped out into the trash, oh, and in the yeah. famous scene with him grabbing his hair and laughing, I was like, "That's perfect, Brian." That was a perfect Brian Bolin. Uh, yep. I, I loved it. I, that that scene was my favorite scene in the whole movie. I mean, that picture. Oh, yeah. I love that picture in the book. And it was great. Yeah. Well, I I now I probably haven't read The Killing Joke in eight or ten years, but I first found it as a teenager and loved it. Um, Obviously, when they ran that story originally, they after that, Barbara Gordon was in a wheelchair. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that much, at least, was definitely part of continuity. Mm-hmm. And they even showed it in the post-credit scenes on the Killing Batman the Killing Joke uh, movie that she becomes Oracle on there. I'd probably have to say that my, my Barbara Gordon, just, mm-hmm. you know, from the age that I am, I've definitely read her more as Oracle than Batgirl. Oh, Oh, yeah. Well, it's just like, you know, I mean, I only know Dick Grayson as Robin because of the TV show, because by the time I started reading comics, 
Yeah. Dick Grayson was Nightwing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, I was headed somewhere with that. My fr- oh, um, I'm going to talk about the uh, is the killing joke. Well, let's let's stick with uh, post crisis to start with. Okay. Was the killing joke actually in continuity, or were just parts of it in continuity? Because I'm going to say it wasn't 100 percent in continuity at the time it came out. Yes, and let me tell you why. Okay. At the end of that book, the Joker tells his joke. Joker starts laughing. Batman starts laughing. Batman puts his hands on the Joker. We drop the panel down so you're just looking at the water. Only Batman's laughing. There's blood in the water. Batman kills the Joker at the end of the story. There's blood in the water? Yeah, look at it again. I'm gonna. Because I got it. Because... Batman kills the Joker at the end of the story. Matter of fact, at the end of the movie, too, I even I especially paid attention to hear who was laughing. Yes, he stopped. That's what made me think. I didn't really think yeah. about the blood in the water, but um, Joker stops laughing. Yeah. Now, they didn't show blood in the water in the, in, the, in the movie, but in the comic book, they absolutely did. I'm looking at it right now. I do not see blood in the water. Oh, well. <laughs> that, that makes it for good radio, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find the picture. I'll put it up. Let me see. Does Batman kill the Joker? Killing joke. Oh, I think you're going to get both sides of that one. Well, so here's the thing. He definitely shot Barbara Gordon and definitely crippled her. Yes. Okay. Hundred percent. In in my head, he Batman being the he now killed the Joker. That part they didn't leave in, and it would not be beyond, especially at this time period. It would not be beyond Alan Moore to kill the Joker. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. I mean, it's clearly he the laughing stops. Mm-hmm. And there's three panels where it's just you hear the sirens and no no laughing anymore. Yeah. But in the, in the current continuity, um, killing joke did happen. Like So I, I found that the... DC Senior VP of Sales, Bob Wayne, mm-hmm. uh, stated that Killing Joke still happened in the continuity, in the New 52 continuity. But there are three Jokers now, a Rebirth. With, you've been reading Rebirth, right? So they stated that yes. there's three Jokers, right? But we don't know when that third one took over. It could have been right after Batman killed Joker at the end of Killing Joke. Right. And we know that the Jokers come back. Jokers come back from being dead as much as Batman and Superman. Yes. I mean, the Joker was killed in his initial appearance. All right, Paul, go to that last page of The Killing Joke. Okay. Go down to the final three panels. Yeah. Okay. What is obscuring that, that reflection of light in those puddles? You see how there's something heavier and uh, yeah. floating on top of the water? Yeah, it's the ground. I see grass. That's blood. <laughs> green? <laughs> green? There's no green. Oh, you're looking at the you're looking at the recolored version. I'm looking at the original. Oh, okay. Maybe that's the difference. Yeah. That there's rain falling. Yeah. There's blood. There's a reflection of light under the blood, and then there's the water. Oh, see, in my in the version I'm reading, the new one, it's uh, it's dirt. I could be wrong. I've always taken that to be blood. 
I've always taken that to be blood. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess he's just... I always thought he, he probably killed him because of the... Uh, he just stops laughing. Yeah, well, that's... I mean, for me, that was the thing, especially in the movie last night when I watched it. Was um, I hate it when they do that. Just let's tell me if he's dead or not. <laughs> then people just constantly argue about it. Yeah. Well, because a big part of this book was blurring the line additionally between the Joker and Batman. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They, The Batman was ready. I mean, he starts the book saying, look, it's coming to the point yeah. where I'm going to kill you. Or you're going to kill, kill me. This is where we're at. So. Then the Joker goes batshit crazy and pushes the boundaries like he never has. Commissioner Gordon demands that Batman bring him in by the book. Yeah. And, that, and I think when you hit you hit the end of it, I just I don't think he did it. He didn't say he was going to. He said he'll he'll do what he can. Like, yep. like no promises. Yeah, because I think this one might have been the point where it was just a little too far. Now I'm, I'm curious. I'm looking at the panel, <laughs> the the fourth from final panel there, yeah. where you see Batman's cape and the Joker's hand is coming up. Uh-huh. They're trying to convey something there, but I'm not following it. I mean, I guess it's just what we want to believe. Yep. I believe. Well, I believe. I believe that's blood and that Batman. <laughs> I believe that Batman did not kill him because <laughs> I hate it when Batman kills. Well, yeah, but see, again, this would be an Alan Moore deconstructionist period. Yeah. Where Batman wouldn't... Okay, here's the thing. Batman would not normally murder somebody. I don't I don't think there's a problem with killing, you know? Like, if he can avoid killing it, he will. But look at the KG Beast. Yeah. He's like, okay, dude, I'm going to lock <laughs> you into this, into this tube. Yeah. No food, no water, and we'll see you around. I'm not going to okay? kill you, but I don't have to save you. Yeah. So I think that he can act... Actively or inactively kill somebody, but I think murdering out of malice is normally beyond what we see. But this is a book that is very much trying to blur the line between Batman and the Joker, show how reflective they are of each other. Yeah. Yeah. But if this, I mean, if this book is in canon, then we know he did it. Right, because there's three versions of him out there still. And, you know, Commissioner Gordon would have arrested him. Well, even I'm I'm thinking about uh, under the red hood when Jason Todd comes back and he's so upset with Bruce for not right. killing uh, the Joker for what he did to him. Yeah, see, and that's one of those things you kind of get into the, into the sticky weeds about what is canon and what is not. Yeah, I always took this not to not to be canon, but the new fifty except, the new fifty two thing. Yeah, it, well, except it, it has the incident that crippled Barbara Gordon mm-hmm. in it. Yeah, so. Part of it, at least, is canon. Yeah. But, yeah, but it's that thing, you know, what part, how much, what do you believe, I guess. I mean, whether it's canon or not, this story, I mean, is just so good. And uh, and it's almost like one of, to me, one of Joker's sanest moments, because he's trying to prove a point. There is a method to the madness of what he's doing. He's trying to prove to Batman, like, listen, I could be, you know, you could be me. You could turn it to me tomorrow, trying to right. prove that anybody can have a bad day. It just takes one bad day to make someone the Joker. Yep. And he almost, you know, he pretty much almost proves it. Well, almost. I mean, Commissioner Gordon, he doesn't prove it with Commissioner Gordon. No. 
He almost gets Commissioner. <laughs> well, no, because Commissioner Gordon demands, even after everything, yeah. be done by the book. Yeah, even Batman says that. Like, yeah. Um, but I think they're well. Let me put it this way. I guess we'll just we'll we'll put it at this and say I believe that it showed Batman having a very very bad day. Mm-hmm. I mean, he already had one bad day. <laughs> yep. But this is one where where he where he took it on, you know, full cuff and went with it. Yeah. Yeah, because, uh, well, I'm reading one right now. It says that's why it's called The Killing Joke. The Joker tells The Killing Joke at the end. Batman reaches out and breaks his neck. That's why the laughter stops and the lights go out. That was the last chance at crossing the bridge. And Alan Moore wrote the ultimate Batman Joker story. He finished it. Yeah. Now, I don't even know. I can't even... I don't even know who to attribute that to because they don't attribute it in here, but that's from a Screen Rant. Mm-hmm. Hopefully I'll remember to post the link to it. Yeah, I mean, it definitely could go either way. Yeah, that's the way I always read it. Oh. What does Alan Moore say about it, though? <laughs> Alan Moore, I'm sure Alan Moore doesn't talk about it. Probably not. Um, Boland himself referenced the idea of Batman killing the Joker, which has been discussed among fans since its release, and is afterward for the recolored edition of the Killing Joke in 2008. Five years hence, Morrison reintroduced this particular analysis. Hardly feels unique, but following the discussion with Smith, his words have sparked debate about those nine closing frames across the internet that Boland simply did not. So that leaves the question, is Morrison right? So, apparently Morrison has said he killed him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that. So, you saw the picture of the guy playing su- uh, Superman on Supergirl then, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so, the first picture I saw, um, actually, my friend texted me, and he's like, oh, so apparently Superman has AIDS. <laughs> so what he, that, that was the caption of this movie. Or the oh picture, I was just like, oh my god, it's horrible. But then I looked at the picture and I was like, oh my god, he's so skinny. He just looks like really skinny. Yeah. Uh, but then I saw another picture later and it looked much better. And I was, I'm, I'm hoping that was due to a lot of like effects and blending. Yeah, I was like, it's probably just a picture. Yeah, and I don't think they were even together when the picture was taken. Other pictures I saw, I thought it looked really good. Yeah, because I've seen pictures of his face where he looked, I mean, you know, yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, I can buy uh-huh. him. Then I saw the picture of him with uh, Melissa Benoist, yeah. and I was just like, ooh. First off, she looks like she could break him with her <laughs> yeah, legs. she looks bigger yeah. than him in that picture. Yeah, that picture did not do me justice. Yeah. So have they said yet, are they moving her into regular CW continuity? She's definitely going to the CW, but um, right. I don't know about continuity. And they're gonna be, there's going to be a bunch of crossovers, so I mean, we're going to have to wait and see. Um, yeah. I don't think she's in the same universe. I mean, they pretty much said that when they had the, the Flash Supergirl crossover. Right, but that can be fixed now that she's on the same channel. The first episode of uh, The Flash is called Flashpoint. Yeah, I mean, who who knows what's going to happen with all that? Yeah, there could be all sorts of crazy shenanigans now. Which I'm very much looking forward to. Yeah, I hope they kind of see this. If if done right, this whole thing could be used to fix Arrow. Yeah, um, I think Legends of Tomorrow actually worked itself out in its last couple episodes last season. So I'm I'm kind of done shitting on them for the time. I hope so because that was rough. That show was yeah. rough to watch. 
I was so looking forward to that, and then like the first half of the show, I'm like really into it. And then I'm like, ugh, okay. First <laughs> off, I don't like the hawk people. <laughs> nope, not at all. And they're gone. They're gone. Fortunately, yeah, yeah. And I hope we get a scene where we see Supergirl say to uh, Ray Palmer, "Hey, you look a lot like my cousin." <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be. I'd pay money for that one. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised because they like to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, they've. Um, but see, this could be used as an opportunity. I mean, this could really create a full DC universe on TV. Like, we're never going to get Batman and Superman on like full time. You know what? That's I'm. I'm so happy about that because yeah. it seems like everything else they're doing. So you heard the about the new animated films coming out, right? The uh, no, it, no. Well, wait, wait. Justice League Dark. Yeah, Justice League Dark. Which I have not seen the preview yet, but I heard about yeah. it. So I saw the preview for it, and uh, it looks awesome. Um, the cast is great. I'm super looking forward to it. But of course, they, it can't just be Justice League Dark. They have like Batman's in it, like the whole time. Yeah. Every single movie they make, it's either surrounded by Justice League members or Batman. Like, so I'm glad that the television universe is, you know, shying away from either Superman or Batman, like centric TV shows. Like let right. some of the other guys have a little bit of a limelight. Like DC is not just Batman Superman. So I'm glad that the shows are not focusing on them because otherwise that's all we would, that's all we would ever be getting fed. It's Batman and Superman all the time. Yeah, you're right. You're right about that. But this could allow you to put them in the universe without having to show them all the time. Yeah, they don't need to. Like, everybody's yeah. like, oh, I want to see Batman. I'm like, uh, just turn around. Like, you can't swing a dead cat without hitting something Batman-centric somewhere. Oh, yeah. Well, we've got the first four or three original movies, plus the Nolan film, plus uh, Batman vs. Superman, plus Justice League, plus uh, Suicide Squad. The Batman solo film. you got more fucking Batman around you. Yeah, then you know what to do with Batman's it. Batman's everywhere. All right. Yeah. Batman can do you know something what? else. I want Booster Gold. <laughs> I want, you know, I am so sad this is not going to happen now that um, Nathan Fillon is playing Wonder Man. Yeah. I would have, I he said that he would love to play Booster. Why can't he do it? Well, now that he's Wonder Man, I bet there's some kind of catch where he can't. But can you imagine if they had him and Alan Tudyk as Booster and Beetle? That would be awesome. Yeah. And they need to do that. Like, yes. That would be that would be the movie right there. That's the Justice League I want. Oh, you want a Justice League International? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, that would they be should great. do a whole. They should do a whole animated series that's just the redos of that stuff. Yeah, but they do a Batman film, a Justice League film, and then they do some offshoot, but it has Batman in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's just that seems to be their formula. And uh, oh, yeah. To be honest, like recently the animated films are just kind of been like, eh. I mean, I like this one. This one was good. Um, yeah. But it was just a panel-for-panel panel remake of Killing Joke, so you can't really mess it up. Right. Well, and here's the thing, too. Um, it started with the new 52, because they did Flashpoint yeah. Paradox as soon as they did Flashpoint, or, you know, within a reasonable amount of time. They immediately changed the look of the animated universe to look more like early 2000s anime. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden, every movie was Batman versus Robin. Uh, Batman and Robin versus Nightwing. Nightwing and Robin versus Batman and Super. You know, just, just retread the same I don't know shit. when DC's going to stop trying to shove Damien down our throats. 
Does anybody actually like him? I'm yet to meet a person. I hate him. Okay. Uh, How do you feel about Damien? Um, I could really take him or leave him. I would have rather kept Tim Drake, but here's the thing. Tim Drake became Robin when I was 14 or 15. Uh, It's probably time to move him on. And when they were going to put him in the uh, Kingdom Come... Okay, so here's the thing. Back in the 2000s, DC was cementing, heading in the direction of Kingdom Come. Yeah. They brought in Superman from the Kingdom Come, which was Earth-22. They brought in Magog Uh as one of the characters in JSA. Tim Drake started wearing the uh, Red Robin outfit. Uh We could start seeing the pieces of Kingdom Come coming in. JSA was a great comic book. Alex Ross was doing every cover. Great And then fucking New 52. (laughs) Shat all over it. I, I cannot tell you my displeasure at that enough. You know, first off, I was just looking at a thing tonight, and it was showing uh, Wonder Woman's costume evolution throughout history. Yeah. And you're looking down the page, and everything looks like Wonder Woman, except that fucking ridiculous outfit they put her in with the rolled-up jacket and fucking, you know, uh, mock neck collar, rolled-up sleeve jackets. I'm like, this is image shit from the 90s, back when they still couldn't ship a fucking book. That was time. pretty... Uh, New 52, though. Was it really? I yeah. thought that was part of New 52. It was, uh, what's his name? Joe. Well, it was terrible. Gonna... I thought that was part of the New 52. That was fucking terrible. Oh, it was definitely terrible. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? You want to put pants on her? Fine, put pants on her. That Justice League wore that outfit was fine, too. The one with the, the short sleeves and the pants. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you can do things to modernize her outfit or desexualize it, and that's fine. Um, but I did see that when they put her in pants, even Gloria Steinem and some feminists came back and said, now all you're saying is that you can only be powerful if you wear men's trousers. <laughs> you just... So you can't please everybody, no. but there are ways to update her outfit. Yes. And and putting her in a fucking ridiculous 90s leather jacket and a ponytail or whatever <laughs> they were trying to do, just stupid. Um I guess what I'm saying is a lot of stuff they've done, like, I thought, like, was it 06 when they did 52 and Final Crisis? Things were really hitting well, except for killing Blue Beetle. Don't kill Ted (sighs) Cord this time, you fucks. (laughs) And then, for some reason, they decided to get really weirdly experimental with it. It didn't pay off, and then it took them five years to catch it, and I think... I think Damian Wayne might have worked if they sent him back to Rajal Ghoul by the end of it, but keeping him in, I don't think has worked, and I don't think his new boots look good either. No, I, uh, I just can't stand. Yeah. Can't stand him. You know the outfit where he was wearing like the black and white jumpsuit with the uh, the Robin tunic over it uh-huh. with a with a yellow cloak or yellow and black cloak. That actually looked pretty good. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, I just don't like his character. No, he's a, he's a shitty shit heel little brat. Yeah, he's a brat, and it drives yeah. me bonkers. Like, you know what's funny though, Paul? You know what I discovered this week? What's that? I liked Dick Grayson's uh, new Fifty Two Bat or uh, Nightwing uniform. There, I liked the black. I liked the black and red better. I thought it looked stronger. Oh, you did? Yep. <laughs> oh my god. I can't believe yeah. I'm hearing this right now. No, no, no. It's like, it actually hurts me to bring this up. He even had his neck covered, though. Do you like the part where it went up to his neck? Well, <laughs> see, on that outfit, it kind of worked, right? Yeah, I didn't mind his, his outfit. Yeah. All. I mean, it was basically well, I the, the same black... thing, but red. <laughs> yeah, I thought the black and red looked really cool. 
Um, I don't mind the, the, the blue coming back. I, I think that's fine. It's his more traditional outfit, and it, it says, you know, hey, you know, we're back to to our roots. Kind of like how they started um, The Force Awakens with the words, this will begin to make things right. Yes. Yeah. So I'm kind of cool with that. They did a weird thing with the, oh, his chest pattern, though, where they made it look like the animated series a little bit. Uh-huh. No, I, I, I didn't mind this. Didn't mind this after. Oh, and and it was J J Michael Straczynski. Pre, it was pre with with Jim Lee. But you're right. J JMS was pre uh, pre New Fifty Two. Yeah. But he and Jim Lee collaborated on that. You're right. I know it was Jim Lee because she's wearing a stupid '90s style jacket. Oh, he wasn't Jim Lee, was it? Yeah, it was Jim Lee. Ugh. <laughs> I like her new costume now, though. Yeah, well, it's it's basically the movie outfit, right? Yeah, yeah. No, no surprise there at all. Yeah, well, it's fine. I mean, it brings everything in line, gets everything looking consistent. Yeah, I, I think that's fine. I, I like the movie costume. I did like the first drawing I saw of it for uh, Rebirth, but I think that was more the artist than it was the outfit. That was, who's the artist again? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I've ever seen him draw anything before. <laughs> Uh, was it was it Jim Lee? It was Jim Lee. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a shocker. Uh, Just take everything he does. <laughs> no, I'm sure there's stuff that I liked. I mean, he used to be like his, now his X Men artwork was garbage. <gasps> How dare you, sir? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know what? Hold on, hold on. Let me let me do this so it doesn't just sound like I'm shitting it on him unfairly. You know what Jim Lee did when he drew characters that a lot of Image guys didn't? He took time to draw their fucking feet. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, look, I mean, I'm going to give him some praise for that. It's just a lot of stuff. I probably unfairly go after him, but a lot of stuff I feel I fairly go after him as well. It's just not, he's it's a, just not your style. That's okay. Yeah. And he's a hack, and that's just, <laughs> you know, just the way it is. Uh, I know in no way endorse these comments. <laughs> <laughs> he is smaller than me, right? <laughs> he is, but he's got a lot of big friends, so... Well, that's fine. That's fine. Because then I'll just feel like, see, he has to get somebody else to draw better for him and to beat my ass better for him. So there you go. Man, him and Liefeld are going to come for you one day. One day. And I'll deserve it on that day. <laughs> so true. Yeah. So, oh, and they did finally give uh, Joff Johns a little more power within DC as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You totally called that, by the way. Yeah. I mean, we'll see if that was just like a title and whatever, if it's a tryout or if there's actually a real, real shuffling around. But for 15 years now, when they need something fixed, who do they go to? Yeah. Joff Johns. You know, they need something written. Well, well now, was he behind the Green Lantern movie, though? Um, He may have had some bit of it. Yeah. I honestly can't remember. But, but you know, if somebody's got to, you know, if you don't fuck something up, you're not trying. Yeah, I mean, he can't hit gold every single time. Yeah. I mean, but if, if I think about some of the best things I enjoyed about uh, DC in the past 10 years, his name was on the front of it. Oh, yeah. Did he he did he do uh, bringing uh, Barry back as well, or was he just uh, Green Lantern Rebirth? No, he, he was Flash too, right? Yeah, yeah, he absolutely did a Flash Rebirth. So, so was that know, announced at Comic Con or after Comic Con? Um, 
I'm going to say it was after. Yeah, because I don't remember anybody talking about it during the panels or anything. Yeah, we did I some think... panels with Dan and Jim. I wonder, I wonder if they knew at the time. Well, now, I don't think anything's been announced. I think they still have their positions, right? He may just have a parallel or... I mean, he's the president now, right? Well, yeah, but was did they create a position or did they get rid of those two and make him president? Oh, that's a good point. They're, they do weird things. In, okay, so the date the date I posted the story to geekishcast.com was July 27. Yeah. So that was four days ago. So that was the week after Comic-Con. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, president of DC Entertainment. So we'll have to see how that shakes oh, out. Oh, DC Entertainment. So maybe yeah. it's like all the TV stuff. Uh, Who knows? But even, you know. It's so weird how it works. Well, yeah, and you know what? I've worked in corporate America for a long time now, and they'll stick the word manager or president on everybody they can just to keep them from unionizing. That's true. Yeah. So, kind of yeah, so I don't know when this was. I'm on Wikipedia. The president is Diane Nelson. Co-publisher is Dan Didieu and Jim Lee. Jim Lee. That's right. They were publishers. They weren't presidents. Yeah, and then so this is a new position. Bob Harris is chief and editor, or editor in chief, and then Jeff Johns is president and chief creative officer. Yeah, so they created a position for him. Yeah. Is what they did. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Which is good, though. I mean, no, no, still. It recognizes him for his contributions. Um, I would like to see a little bit of power and ability taken away from DiDio and uh, Jim Lee. As publishers? Yeah. Or, you know, or a shuffling where they're not in charge of actually making editorial decisions. Yeah, I don't know how it works. I mean, yeah. I have no idea what those, title, what those titles like incur as far as how much power, what they actually do. The only bad thing about uh, Jeff Johns doing that is he's not writing anything. Uh, he's still involved in like every book as a yeah. as a not quite hands on direct editor in chief though, right? Yeah, it's just this, you know I would like to see him write something. I'll tell you what if he if he follows in the footsteps of what DC's done before him, he'll be back to writing in no time. I hope so. Hopefully, he gets some time and he writes something. Yeah, because what he's one hell of a writer. No, he is, and that's where his talents would serve him best. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No about that. All right. So, uh, yeah. So that was the killing joke. Any any parting thoughts? Really, I mean, outside of the first thirty minutes, there's nothing bad to say about it, which can be a little divisive. But um, no, it was great. I mean, it's it is rated R. Uh, <laughs> keep that in mind it, before you show it to your kids. <laughs> and it should be. Yeah, no children and no children should watch this unless the parents know what they're what they're putting on. Yeah. It's um, pretty gnarly. It is. I mean, it's got it's got its rough points. You know, there's always been, I don't know if anybody's ever said yes or no, there's always been the implication that the Joker raped Barbara Gordon as well. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely an implication. And it's definitely implied more than just a little bit in, in the graphic scenery of the photographs being shown as well. Yes, because she is completely nude and yeah, and there's the pro- so, there's the scene with the prostitutes in the in the in the movie. I don't think it's in the comic. It's not in the comics that I recall. Yeah, but yeah it's definitely in the movie. So because they say that he usually uh, 
goes there like right away. Yep, and so he must have had something else planned. Yeah, so he may have took care of that part. Yeah, which is just just makes it that much more creepy and horrifying. Yeah, well, it just makes it that much grosser yeah. and base too. Yeah. You know? But yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, besides like some of the disease that I had at some parts, not as much as yours, but others where I did. Yeah, I, I like it, but but the Killing Joke isn't supposed to be an easy read or watch. watch. No, no, it doesn't make yeah. you feel good. Exactly. I would definitely recommend it. Um, I mean, I've heard people just flat out uh, boycotting in the movie because of the first 30 minutes. Yeah. Now, see, if I had a daughter or if I had a young daughter, I don't know how I'd feel. I might feel differently about yeah. it. Yeah, I have boys too, but I know it makes me feel kind of icky. <laughs> so, I, I mean, take that as you will. Yeah, but, but a lot of things make you feel icky that aren't terrible. Yeah. You know. And if you just don't want to watch that part, just go about 30 minutes in and watch the second half. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if if you're troubled by by what you hear about the first part, skip it. Go to the actual start of the, the Killing Joke story. Yeah, it literally will not affect the movie in any way. Yeah, the only reason it was in there was to pad out the runtime. Yeah, that's it, because it's only about 40 minutes without it. Yeah, it was to get it to a little over an hour. Oh. Um, yeah, and there you have it. All right, Paul, so you're going to be with me again in a couple days, and we're going to talk about a couple fun little comic books we found. Yeah, and, comics. Uh, and get caught up on Rebirth, because you haven't been on for a while. Yes. Um, also, another thing I'm going to do that I'm working out right now, so I don't know if it's going to start in September or October, and I am looking for, so if you're listening now and you are really knowledgeable about Doctor Who, we're going to be running a thing called the Year of the Doctor, where once a month I'm going to have a special about one of the Doctor's incarnations, and we're going to do it once a month for a year. That would be cool. Yeah, especially looking forward uh, for somebody who's real knowledgeable about Doctors 1 and 2, because the rest I can find people without trying real hard. No. 1 and 2 are really difficult to find experts on. Yeah, because... Uh... Probably some older people. <laughs> yeah. Well, you figured that was 53, 54 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Did you finally, did you see uh, Star Trek Beyond yet? No, I haven't seen it. I was going to watch it earlier this week. I couldn't, and I was going to watch it this weekend, but my son wanted to go Chuck E. Cheese instead, so he won. <laughs> well, there you go. That, that happens. But I am going to watch it. I have to watch it before uh, next weekend because... If it goes to next weekend, it's going to lose out to uh, Suicide Squad. So I have to watch it before Suicide Squad comes out. Oh, yeah. Hell, they might even pull it out yeah. so it doesn't have to run directly yeah. against it. So, uh, yeah, I think I fly one one night next week, so I'll have to do it before my flight. So I definitely want to. It's just making the time. Oh, yeah. See, and here's the thing. I mean, now, obviously, if you've listened to the episode yet, Chris and Don shit all over it. No, I, I haven't listened to it because I want to watch the movie first. Yeah, um, but I liked it pretty well, so, you know, and I'd say I'm as nearly as big a Star Trek fan as Dawn is, yeah. so, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm sure I'll like it. Like I said, I don't have all that uh, Star Trek baggage, <laughs> so. Yeah, and that's one of the things I'm wondering about, too. If, if you're not carrying around, you know, 40 years of watching Star Trek, that you know, is it a little easier to watch that movie? Oh, I'm, sh I'm, I'm sure it is. We have our little nerd goggles on when we watch most of the stuff. Yeah, like like we just did a whole thing here about the killing yeah. joke. Yeah. yeah. You turned me on to a, a crazy planetary romance starring Sasquatch. Dude, I'm telling you. 
Yeah. Oh, I don't know if I told you. Um, he will actually be on not this week, but next. So we've actually got an interview with him next I week. I can't wait to talk to him again. Yeah. For the second time, because he just I'm sold working. me with with a few words when I was at Comic Clown and I walked past his booth, and he, Lucas and I were like, "Oh, looking look over to his booth," and he says, "Just gotta say, Bigfoot with a broadsword." And I was like, "Sold." <laughs> Take my money. <laughs> And, and yeah. I think at the time there was only a few issues out, so I, I promised him. I said, as soon as that trade comes out, I promise you I'll pick it up. And I did. Well, yeah, see, you 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 texted me or sent me a Facebook message. I was actually sitting at a wine tasting in Acampo that night. And you sent me that picture, and I'm, like, immediately, like, digging <laughs> into it. So I get home after, you know, we're I, I bought six bottles of yeah, wine that yeah. night. So I get home, and I go to buy it, and I see that the print edition is 20 bucks, which... I'm gonna buy the print edition, but I'm looking at the print edition's twenty bucks, or I can buy a digital and have it right now. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Now, have you listened to our uh, interview with uh, Corbin Salikin yet, the guy who directed Patterson's Wager? Uh, no. Okay. There, there's a Bigfoot, there's a Bigfoot connection in there as well. So I'm looking at this at the digital version. So I bought one for me and one for him, and I was like, ha ha, take that, everybody. <laughs> No, I definitely got the print version because it's going on the shelf. Yeah, no, I'm definitely going to do that. I actually need to get, you know, you're you're starting to decorate your man cave. I need to actually get in here and do some decorating of mine. You do. Yeah, I got to see. Well, I've got my, I mean, you can't see where you're at. I got my Geekish Cast banner. I got some images on the wall. I got a Jason hockey mask coming. But um, I think what I need to do is with our guests is try to get a, a signed piece of something out of everybody we have on from now on. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. I mean, even if I got to pay for it, that's fine. Yeah. But you know, it's just kind of like that way. I have like a bounty wall. Like <laughs> we talk to these guys, we talk to these guys, we talk to these guys, and just keep going from there. Yeah, mine's just filled with comics, toys, and statues. I think that's okay too. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm actually considering. You know, last time I bought a lightsaber, I bought two. Turned them on about ten times each and then stuck them in a corner of a room. And then, like, two years later, I just gave them away. But I'm, I'm considering buying one again, but I want something custom if I get one, I think. Yeah, you got that old, uh, Ultra Saber set, some good ones. Yeah. So I may, may, may get something done just for that and just hang it on the wall. I have a couple lightsabers, too, and it's a must-have. You have to have a lightsaber. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. You kind of do. You kind of do. All right. Well, anything else to hit before we go, Paul? Nope. It was good talking to you. Great movie. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah, that's uh, the Killing Joke. You can get it on. It's on iTunes and Amazon. And I assume out of the country, it'd still be iTunes and Amazon. Just whatever country you're in would carry it. Yeah, iTunes is, uh, you can just buy it. Uh, I had to buy it because I couldn't wait to rent it. But <laughs> it's all right. Yeah. Well, August, rentals go next week? August 2nd to rent on iTunes. Oh, that's Tuesday. Okay. Oh, it coincides with the DVD release. Yeah. That's what it is. Okay. Because iTunes, you, you, know, you can buy that stuff early on iTunes. Yeah. But you can't rent until the DVDs come yes, out. Yes, sir. Finally just figured that out. Okay. <laughs> right on. Well, um, okay. So everybody, you can catch us at geekishcast.com. Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash geekishcast. I tweet from at the, at the geekishcast. Paul, where do you tweet from? Uh, Paul Vieira 79 all right, and uh, well, thank you, everybody. We'll see you in a couple of days. <laughs> oh, excuse me. <laughs>